Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons, jam-packed with news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Our top story. Actually, I have a top story about the propaganda report. You ready? I am. I think you know what it's going to be. We have listened and we are finally able to, for technical reasons, offer commercial free the entire Drive Time News Blast plus the patron 15 in one continuous commercial free 45 minute feed to all patrons. So if you want to, uh, I we love our sponsors. We only have sponsors who we feel fit with our community. People love them. And uh, they support us for the same reasons. We will always have sponsors. Some people just don't have the time or patience to listen to the commercial feeds. So all patrons will now get a commercial-free 45-minute continuous feed of the DMB and the Patron 15. So if you want to check out our new tiers, our new offerings, you can also, depending on your tier, get cocktail parties, all that. Check it out, patreon.com slash propaganda report. Very excited about that. That's going to start... October 1st. So if you join now, then you'll start getting that feed. I think it's like Wednesday. And but our top story in the news is Binkley. I I thought of you all morning when I was hearing all the news out of Louisville that I mean, you saw what they were setting us up for. And I think the first story I heard this morning was cop shot. Two cops shot. Actually, they're both expected to survive. But still, two cops shot. There were protests, especially in Louisville, but also in Atlanta and in other areas of the country. And there's video of Matov cocktails being thrown at police officers, police officers scattering. And I'll have more to say on that in a moment. I want to briefly recap what the grand jury found because it just broke yesterday while we were recording. And I want to make sure we got all the details out on it. I, I did. I hope that you can enlighten us on one specific, which is I I feel like there must have been some ambiguity in there. And then I heard I, I didn't investigate the story myself. So I heard that she was shot in her own home when they were looking for drugs and no drugs were found. But then this morning I heard just this very quick mention that her boyfriend shot at cops. Yes, the boyfriend shot the at the police What's first. What's the story? The story, the story? Here's, a, here's what happened according to the grand jury. They decided to prosecute one of the three police officers, as we said yesterday, that officer being Brett Hankinson, and he was charged with wanton endangerment of Taylor's neighbors, so not of shooting Taylor. The other two cops... They weren't charged. They are the ones that exchanged fire with Taylor's boyfriend, and the grand jury determined that their actions were legally justified as self-defense because Taylor's boyfriend shot at those police officers first, and they were returning fire. Now, this is where, in my opinion, this is the fact that is crucial. They're all crucial, but the police officers knocked. This is what the grand jury determined anyway, and they say they had an independent witness that was at the apartment that corroborated this. The police officers knocked three times and said police before going in. They went in. Then Taylor's boyfriend fired. They returned fire. Their actions, according to the grand jury, was justified. The other police officer, the the one that was charged, he went around back to Breonna Taylor's porch or front porch, and he just fired indiscriminately into 
into the window and into the door, and those bullets went through the wall into the apartment of a neighbor. And so his charges are related to putting the neighbor in danger. Therefore, none of the charges, no one was charged in association with her death. And that became the narrative to mobilize. Go ahead. And of course, anyone could see both sides of that story. And I would just add two things. There is a story of William David Powell from Henry County a couple of years ago. There's another story for Ryan Johnson, also same street in Henry County from a, like a month before. But the William David Powell one is absolutely outrageous. Cops were going to the wrong address. It was in the middle of the night. He heard somebody sneaking around. They didn't announce themselves. He opened his garage door with the light on just to kind of like probably scare people away or whatever. He had a gun in his hand, was not raised. Without announcing who they were, when they saw the gun that was not raised, they shot him to death. That is the story of his widow who was there. And the grand jury was not permitted to hear her testimony. She was the only non police officer witness the police said that they announced themselves she says they did not and and this guy was not a criminal or even accused of being a criminal so who do you believe anyway there no, no officers were charged in that case either and then also the case i saw in pasadena recently anthony mclean shot in the back they said he had a gun i did not see it in any of the evidence they presented didn't even make the news. And I believe that is because there was no ambiguity. There was no ambiguity. There yeah. would be very clear. And and the funny thing is, no ambiguity that it was it looked wrong for that guy to do it. But he didn't. Those cops aren't even charged. There's not even a grand jury on that. Yeah. So I figured there'd be some confusion in this story to go both ways or it wouldn't be the big story. Yeah. Basically, the cops according to the grand jury, were legally justified in their actions. And the other guy fired first. They knocked. They said they cooperated that with the witness. And ultimately, the attorney general, the prosecutor, said that the warrant was not served as a no-knock warrant. So the whole narrative in the media had been that it was a no-knock warrant that was served. It wasn't served as a no-knock warrant, according to the, the findings by the grand jury. And, and it was this, corroborated, you said, by a witness. They say it was corroborated so by that, a witness who was yeah. at the apartment. Yeah, somebody, I think, who lives there. So they had the staging set up. They set up the staging. They had boards on the buildings in Louisville. They had police, all, all officers you know, ready to work. They were setting the stage for a battle, essentially. If you build a field, if you build it, they will come. And when you build a field of play, people will come and play. So... By setting up all these arrangements to protect everything from rioters and protesters, in my opinion, that actually can call more rioters and protesters. Say, all right, it's game on. Let's go play ball. That's what it seems like to me. Could this have been kind of announced under the without it being so much publicity? I don't know. I don't know. I remember Ferguson, they made a big show of the announcement. It was like a WWE announcement. We had somebody come out front and all the people are lined up and then the protest is interrupted. I don't know if they could have done this in a way where it did not provoke anything. Also, it didn't matter what the outcome of this grand jury was. It did not matter. So maybe I'm answering my own question here. They could have came out and said, we've decided to charge all three officers and we're so certain of their guilt that we're skipping the trial and we're holding a public execution tomorrow. And the outrage from the protesters still would have been there. They still would have protested. They would have been shouting, I don't know, 
this is an injustice because we can't guarantee that they're going to burn in hell for eternity until we can make that assurance we will not stop protesting. The protests were going to happen either way. This is how these protests work. The truth does not matter, and the people who are on the ground getting themselves arrested, throwing Matov cocktails, regardless of which side they're on, their, their future's being ruined because of the, their organizers telling them they need to be out there committing violence. And the people on the left are blaming the people on the far right for throwing Matov cocktails. People on on the right, blaming people on the far left for throwing Motov cocktails. We have complete confusion, mass chaos, and two sides that refuse to find any common ground regardless of what the truth, and even if the truth were to come out, the people on the left or the people on the right would either minimize that truth and say, well, they do it more, or they would justify it. And uh, I'm going to let you comment. I know I'm ranting a little bit. I'm going to read a little quote to you from... Actually, I want to tell you a reaction from... I'm in a secret, indivisible Slack group. And I want to tell you how one of them reacted. Because I did. I got in this secret Slack group. You comment. I'm going to pull up the quote that he said. Well, why don't we take a break and then we'll hear your quote. Okay. All right. What's up, guys? With such uncertainty in the world right now, the best way to have true security is by growing your own food. And Neighbors Feed and Seed in Smyrna, Georgia, they got you covered. They offer garden supplies, vegetable plants, chicken feed, bird feed, farm supply, everything your garden or farm needs. They even host a farmer's market on Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And right now, for Propaganda Report listeners only, they're offering 10% off of all online purchases at NeighborsFeedAndSeed.com. Just type in coupon code PROP, P-R-O-P, all caps, upon checkout. And if you have any questions, give them a call at 678 678- Six five three eight eight three eight. And I also want to add that Neighbors 2021 seed packs, their organic seed packs, and their cool weather seed packs are all now available online at NeighborsFeedAndSeed.com. And that coupon code PROP will get you 10% off. So be sure and check that out. Okay, are you ready? Ready. The way Slack works is it's kind of similar to Discord some of the features that's kind of how i understood it's my first time ever using it but here is one of the reactions from an indivisible member to what happened this person says we used to play nice with them we used to try and stay focused on the task at hand those days are over gloves off no holds barred they have pushed us into the socially acceptable corner and like all other animals we have no choice but attack The difference this time around is once we are attacked, that we win and we never let them get back up again. Using their tactics, we must put the weight of our socially right on the throats of the unconscionably wrong. And we do not relinquish even if they are begging for their existence. We didn't want violence ever, but we cannot back down ever again, even if it means lowering ourselves to their level to put them away once and for all. I'll get off my soapbox now. And what... Openly advocating violence. Rewind for what? Like, can you read me the first sentence again? We used to play nice with them. We used to try. And oh, stay but focused. who's we and who's them? And what's the them issue? Them is people who support Trump. People who don't hate Trump. Us is indivisible activists and organizers. Okay, so in it's this not group, about they communicate. Justice. They tell people what to say and stuff, and they they organize some of their actions. But it wasn't really about racial justice or anything. It was about election politics. This was a response to everything going on yesterday. Trump in the news, the protests, Breonna Taylor. This just got yeah, thrown his hands up. I just want to understand what, their, what the person who wrote that think, thinks would, be, would manifest their sentiment. So they said, we're not going to take it anymore. We didn't want violence, but we can't, we can't uh, give an inch or whatever. Okay. So what does that mean? 
burn down the White House? Like, what is that person calling for, do you think? Perhaps Boy, throwing Matov cocktails. Would that not be... Maybe that is what was supposed to happen on 9-11. Nobody really knows where that plane that went down in Shanksville was supposed to go. Maybe yeah. it was going to go to the White House. Do they know where it was supposed to go? I don't know. I can't remember. Think Maybe they think it was, but like, just think about the symbolic importance... The complete, you know how I, this is a coup. I believe this is a coup, a revolution. Last chopper has left Shanghai, left Saigon. The constitution is dead. I mean, if they were to burn the White House down, wouldn't that really just change even our impressions of ourselves? Talk about pulling down. It's a symbol that would be a destruction of a major symbol and with the protests getting closer and closer to the white house and all that stuff going on over there in that fire area fire everywhere yeah. it's made of wood like literally like i'm just saying like you could you could burn it down just and, burn it down as a symbolic act of burning and i think that there are some of them that would do that i think this long radicalization process we've seen over the past four years has created a hardened militant group of far leftist activists that the media promotes as being bigger than it actually is but even small as they are the small that are willing to commit violence can cause a lot of damage and people on the ground are being bamboozled is tearing this country apart and truth is i mean truth hasn't mattered a long time for a lot of people but truth is really dead right now it's just it does not matter all that matters is a narrative is a story and to kind of wrap this little portion up i want to read to you from a book called reimagining change this is an activist book that i got recommended from one of these indivisible sites this is one of the ones they use to help teach storytelling and battle of the story strategies here is what it says about truth and myth The power of the story does not derive from its factual truth, but rather from the story's ability to provide meaning. Understanding the complicated relationship between truth and meaning is the foundation of the story-based strategy. If a story is meaningful to people, they will believe that it is true. The currency of narrative is not truth, but rather meaning. In other words, there is no inherent connection between the power of a story and whether or not the content is objectively true. They're promoting what we've talked about a lot. The myth, the greater truth that we believe that we're projecting is what matters, not the actual facts, on the ground truth. truth is truth. Yes. That this- facts are facts, but truth is truth. Which I did not read that or hear that or anything. The only thing I thought of, I, the way I coined that was when I heard the guys who were supposedly denied bathroom privileges at Starbucks saying that kind of thing. Oh, they said, no, they said rules are rules, but right is right. And then I think Stacey Abrams' story yeah. about is something else said I was like, oh, facts are facts, but truth is truth. And then I heard AOC basically say that, like facts are facts, but they, they actually almost say that yeah. now. And that's what they mean. And and that dovetails with this destruction of process. So they act like they're into science and and government, right? The left talks about science and government as these inviolable structures that you just know are right. But what they're talking about with taking away the process of government, the reliability, the fairness, the rules-basedness of it, that's what gets people to buy into it because they feel they have an equal shot at self-governance. They they can see what's coming. They know what to expect. They can make contracts or, or 
uh, make perform actions, make investments based on the world that they can expect, whether it's just or not, is actually a separate question. It's the reliability that gives the stability, which is why totalitarianism may not be just, but it's you know what the rules are and people do prosper in it. I'm not suggesting any of that, but I'm saying when these guys tear down the process, they're going against really the very little, the very little that is objective about their own opinion. Same thing with the science. It's just, there's very little there that they can point to that is their objective truth. And, and even those pillars, they are kicking out from under themselves. Absolutely. And they're tearing the country apart or they're compelling the public to tear the country apart in the process. To wrap this little thing up, lesson one in narrative power, myth is meaning. Do not be limited by the common pejorative use of myth to mean lie and miss the deeper relevance of of mythology as a framework for shared meaning whole book might as well be called facts or facts truth or truth because they convince people just like indivisible that lying is telling the truth because lying is telling a greater truth and people better wake up they're being conned and this activity they're doing out in the streets the only thing that's going to get them in the future is purged and perhaps their future ruined my father actually taught me growing up that it was a a tenet of communism to say that whatever you had to say When they said truth, what's true, they meant what's good for the party. That's why they would feel like they weren't lying, even when they were lying. And speaking of the old days, I have a shout out today. Let's hear it. To Laura Ramsey. She wants to shout out. This has been just such a month for us. She wants to shout out the most righteous researcher, Brad Binkley, and the most diligent decoder, Monica Perez. Laura was born in Atlanta, she says, and she's listened to WSB since the late 60s when it played in the background every morning in the kitchen before school. Needless to say, they're not what they used to be. On the weekends, I was always irritated when you guys were preempted by a sports game. I always looked forward to your show, and I am so grateful for the Propaganda Report podcast. Thank you, Laura. Thank you, Laura. That's very sweet. I will say that I always had to bite my tongue on WSB because some of you might be UGA fans out there. I am definitely not a UGA fan. (laughs) That's really why we left WSB. Brad just couldn't do it anymore. As the only tech fan among a bunch of UGA fans growing up every single year, I would get just I I would get ridiculed every year because tech would get beaten down. And uh, yeah, so I didn't like us. I feel like that's. The only indication of your psychological, any possible psychological instability you might have is that you like that abuse. It's sick. It's really sick. It's really sick. I have sick. a problem. You, you, you might have to look yourself in the mirror, fan. I think you're fan right. Fan boy. I think you're right. I, I, <laughs> I have a lot of material, but it is not about Georgia. I have like five stories coming out of California. Let's hear it. And it's not just me. It's not because I'm in California, like a couple of them, but every one of them I pull from the Wall Street Journal or the mainstream media, but I'll try to just lay them out like five different things. Governor Newsom came out and said he made an executive order that will ban gasoline and diesel fueled passenger vehicles by 2035. He said, and this is hilarious because I feel like this is a phrase that I might have used in the Corbett interview we did so long ago, six months ago. Quote, of all the simultaneous crises that we face as a state, none is more forceful than the issue of the climate crisis. (laughs) So I knew 
simultaneous crises were the words of the day. Now, the, so there's a few uh, reactions to this that I wanted to mention. One of the big things they said was a cause of this were overgrown forests was the cause of the fires, which is hilarious because they have all these you can't cut down trees laws. So the forests overgrow, they get old, they get weak, they get eaten by these beetles that can only eat old, weak trees. Then I think they implement a drought and then there you go. And on top of that, I have said repeatedly that the fires have the craziest, kookiest origin stories. And this is no exception. Oftentimes it is a government contractor that starts the fire by accident PG&E had to pay big for starting a big fire up north. And now today it was announced that Southern California Edison is being investigated for an event that happened just minutes before first reports of fire up and that Bobcat fire, which I actually probably saw within hours of that incident. I started talking about the next day. Cannot believe they didn't put that out. Now it's going to be one of, if not the biggest fire in L.A. County history. And then uh, regarding this Newsom ban, uh, three comments, one from Judd Deere, a White House spokesman, President Trump won't stand for this. What a state does in a state, which is completely crazy. That's totally unconstitutional, but maybe that's foreshadowing. I think this was deliberately over the top of what, what Newsom did. But then... It, I have two other quotes, one from the Alliance of Automotive Innovation saying, well, you know, maybe you don't want to mandate it, but what builds successful markets is widespread stakeholder engagement among governments, automakers, utilities, infrastructure providers, and others. This is all from the Wall Street Journal. The Automotive Alliance is saying we need uh, cooperation, stakeholders, governments, infrastructure, um, automakers, utilities, then Ford. Ford Company of Cars says, we agree with Governor Newsom that it's time to take urgent action to address climate change. So corporations are in bed with government. They do not violate because they know they benefit from the rules that keep their competitors at bay at the very least, at the very least, or maybe keep the pictures of their uh, illegal predilections in the vault. I don't know. But anyway, he goes on to say, I don't know who this is. I don't know if he has pictures in the vault. Progress requires public-private partnerships. I hate fascism. I don't know about you. That's what that is. Smart infrastructure and key resources that encourage consumers to invest in electrified products. Electrified products. The Oregon governor says, I will do what I can to accelerate electrification here. It's super scary the way they're talking. But all of that stuff comes together in uh, a couple of things that... That are in the conclusion of the article This thing that Newsom is calling for Will require two things One, statewide charging infrastructure So we're talking about big infrastructure changes Statewide charging infrastructure And then also a new grid The old grid won't take the capacity And it's starting fires and stuff So I guess that's that. We need so, a climate change proof grid, one that also helps eliminate climate change while protecting us from the effects of it. That is exactly right. So it's all dovetailing. And then by uh, also on the same day is news that there's a ballot. This is this is why I'm going to vote. There's a ballot in California. Uh, so vote yes on Prop 22 where the Uber Uber Lyft and all those guys and the drivers have gotten together to ask California to take a referendum that California should not implement the law they passed or the 
order, whatever it was, that said that that you can't have gig drivers. They have to be your employees. And Uber's like, we're an app. We're not a five million person driving fleet. We're an app. So they're fighting it. But the drivers are fighting it also. Who isn't fighting it is labor. And also the the policymakers who are probably in bed with labor. So what happens with labor is they they offer for their high fees, they offer, say, drivers, union drivers, labor union is what I'm talking about. They offer union drivers jobs and they fight for them and you pay them fees and they get you benefits, let's say, like health benefits. Then they have to charge you out at very high prices, which cannot compete with Uber. So the way they do it is they lobby. I think Costco does this to Walmart. They lobby to make sure that other companies and drivers have to have those same expensive benefits so that 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 product has to be offered at a higher price, which is more competitive with their overpriced labor union. I'm not actually against labor unions, but this is how it's working. And that's why you get uber and their drivers against this policy and it's still going to come down and that's what happened to wait staff in dc they did not want to have a higher minimum wage that would increase their tax burden and decrease their tip revenue they just wanted it to be the way it was and they lost they lost on appeal maybe it went a third round but twice they lost and the voters haha on some weird off day took a, it made them take minimum wage, which they did not want. So this is just a little uh, cronyism in action. So they're going to be turned injustice. into minimum wage employees. Yes, and with benefits and stuff. So they so so an alternative then was that okay, we can just su- what we'll do. This is what Uber suggested was that what we can do is employ the. Uh, a fleet fleet operators, so like old kind of taxi cab operators or whatever, or black cars, fleet operators to hire them and run it as a fleet, which would be it'll probably double the price. It's it'll just like increase, a taxi service, right? Which was where what we wanted to be liberated from. And I remember wondering, boy, the taxi the taxi unions in or whatever the taxi coalitions in San Francisco and New York were so tied up you couldn't even compete with them if you wanted to you didn't need an uber to just drive around and pick people up they would not have it and somehow uber managed to get in there i don't know if they bribed people or what but now it's coming full circle and i think ultimately the real answer is driverless cars so I think that the real answer is that they want that this is going to force an infrastructure rebuild. And what when Uber leaves California, that was just added to a list of like 10 things. Now, these not being able to have gasoline driven cars, all this stuff adds to the stuff that I think will clear out California for a while while they greenify sustainable World Economic Forum Google sidewalks it with smart buildings and nobody has a car like that world economic forum article from 20 it's 2030 i own nothing i have no privacy and i'm happy that's the future of la and all these stories tie into it was that too much to grasp should we digest with a word from our sponsor i think so are you ready to try cbd products and see why so many people swear by everything from cbd oil to body lotion to muscle rub TrueHempscience.com is at the ready with the highest quality products they developed over decades in the business and a lifelong pursuit of nutrition, health, and spiritual well-being. 
They are eager to introduce you to the CBD experience and so confident in their products, they offer a 30-day money-back guarantee and a special offer for Propaganda Report listeners. To learn more about their company, their passion, and their products, go to truehempscience.com slash prop report. I know that's a lot coming out of California, but it, it so as goes California. I mean, maybe so they'll the pay country. them. Maybe they'll start paying people to use driverless cars. We'll give you minimum wage oh. to use a driverless car to give up your, maybe you know, give up driving. Maybe it'll be free. That's possible. It, it certainly, I, I think that it will start with like the food service, which everybody's using Postmates. So if you close down restaurants and all your food has to come in a car, that would be the first place to take a driverless Uber, I would think, where nobody's actually in it but food. Yeah. So then people don't have to be afraid of getting in it. And another but way they can get people... To- into this is yeah. it's touchless. Everything is touchless now. I'm seeing some of the updates at, at Emory. It was interesting. I saw at Emory some right. of the touchless updates where the bathroom, the handle is what's dirty. Okay. Because people don't wash yeah. their hands, everybody touch the handle. So they create a little platform, which you've seen these before at hospitals where you push it and it swings the door open. But this one was a bit more sophisticated, although you still had to touch it, which defeats the entire purpose. So the idea isn't to be touchless from the door handle, it's to be touchless from the germs. So all they did was create a mechanism to put germs somewhere else that you then go <laughs> touch that thing where the new germs are. So I don't know if they really uh, accomplished it well, but that could be incentive. Your car's going to be touchless, it's going to be safe from coronavirus. Very interesting. No driver. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, that completely folds in with all this. And 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 another thing I noticed here, I just it was crazy a video and I I just quickly looked into how often this happens. Quite often. Uh and the right not far from where I live actually. The the co- uh, cops chase someone for whatever reason and they and there's I exit near where I live, like where the kind of highway dead ends. So they get off the highway being chased by cops and they T-bone innocent people driving through green lights at intersections. This is the second time I've seen it. And, and what cops they do showed, or the like, other people do? What? Who, who T-bones them? The person who's fleeing okay. the cops in one case, I, I, I don't know what the first one, the one I looked back on, but the one that just happened the other day, the guy had a gun. I don't know if it was illegal or if he pointed at someone. I don't know. But they were chasing the guy because he had a gun, supposedly. You know what? That's another thing. When somebody gets seriously injured, they always say, gun, there was a gun, you know? So I didn't see a gun. But I did see, a. I don't know if it was a drone image or a chopper image of a couple of cops talking to each other with this image saying, oh, there he goes off the highway. And then he just slams into the driver's side of a car going through the intersection and the car. I mean, it's impossible for me to believe that the driver of the car was not seriously injured. And the cop, instead of saying, oh, my God, oh, my God, you know, he says, well, that'll stop him. Something like that. Seriously, won't get far now. I was sick, sick. Same place this Anthony McLean got shot. Yeah. Well, those don't become news stories because they're not conflict driven when it comes to the left and the right. No, I'm getting it because it's like in the patch, you know, it's in the like neighborhood news. Yeah. Now that, yeah, that's right. That's why I'm getting all this stuff. I guess a lot more happens here than I thought. <laughs> I think there's a lot more that happens all around the country that we don't really learn that much about unless we're directly involved or in the specific area because what makes the news? Conflict. 
conflict, conflict between the left and the right. If there's no conflict element that's going to divide people ideologically from the left to the right or, or whatever, then it's not going to be in the news. That's just how it works. I think that's right. And we're all being conned right now. This massive psyop is bamboozling the country and people are losing their minds. And in the patron 15, I am going to tell you about Ron Paul getting censored from YouTube. And I really want to hear about that. Also, I would like to tell you about the whatever happened. Remember when there was that big, really successful protest in Virginia against the the gun laws? I do remember, but probably they didn't report on it very well. (laughs) I will give you an update in the page from 15. All right. And we will have a new Rockfin video up today, so you can check that out at our Rockfin page. Hey, and go sign up for the commercial free feed. It's going to be seven bucks for 45 minutes every day of commercial free content. That's over 15 or it's 15 hours a month, plus interviews and other stuff, too. You guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform. If you want access to that extra content that we post every day, we post a DMB and that commercial free content, then go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and become a patron. We will talk to you in the patron 15 or next week, tomorrow. Well, tomorrow we are going to drop the Isaac Weishaupt uh, video, uh, all right. interview. Yes, look forward to that. And that was a fun interview. And for patrons, a Rockfin trailer. We'll have a fantastic weekend. Talk to you guys later.